everyone. Welcome to the Psychology of Dating podcast. You're listening to Nadine Newkirk and I'm a clinical psychologist and dating coach. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about embracing differences with someone you're dating or a partner. Before I jump into that, I just want to do a reminder, if you're enjoying listening to this, if you could take a moment to rate the podcast on whatever you're listening to, Spotify, Apple, um, do a star rating or a written review. They're super helpful to get visibility and spread this podcast. And I read absolutely every one of them and really enjoy hearing feedback. Um, Exciting news. I'm nearly at 3,000 downloads for this podcast, which is incredible. And there's actually people listening from all over the world, from Australia, where I am, to America, Europe, African countries. Um, I think this just really shows that it is universal dating, relationships, understanding, you know, this whirlwind of it all. So, yeah, if you have a moment, every like counts. So, yeah, don't think that it doesn't matter. It really is super helpful. So in today's episode, I want to talk about how to embrace differences when you're dating someone and you notice maybe early on or several months into it that there's some differences that you might have. And that could be, you know, maybe you're a really early morning person or they're a stay up late person. Maybe you save your pennies really well, save your money, but maybe they love to spend and kind of be spontaneous. So there could be any types of differences that can come up. And what I can see in the conversations I have with people that I coach or do psychology sessions is that sometimes there's this pressure to have similarities with the people that we're dating. And this pressure can mean that people think early on, oh, no, if there's this difference now, I need to suddenly you know, either abruptly end the connection or it can lead to a lot of worry of maybe I won't be happy in the future. Maybe I can't live the life the way I want to live. And, you know, if you're even whatever age you are, if you're in your teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, older, 70s, 80s, <laughs> you've, you've lived quite a lot of years of your life wherever you are with your routines and the way that you like to do things and you've probably got a bit of a vision um, or just comfortability in how you go about doing things. So it can feel like quite a threat when you know someone comes along, it's like you're trying to fit two puzzle pieces together and suddenly there's a bit jutting out and you're like, oh, does this fit or not? Are we trying to like mush something in that just won't work? And yeah, that can be really scary to think what if they come along, kind of steamroll the way I do things when actually I really enjoy the way I do it. So how do you know whether it's a, a deal breaker, you know, it really should end or whether it's actually something that you could embrace and could be maybe even, you know, a real benefit to the relationship to have those differences there. So first of all, you want to give it time. If you notice that there's a difference, we don't want to abruptly, abruptly end it. We want to give it a bit of time. If you're unsure, the rule of thumb is to keep going. And you want to not just look at whether there's a difference, but rather how do both of you respond when there's a difference? That's the key thing. Because you could have two people who are, say, one person's 
um, it really enjoys adventure and the other person's more of a homebody and loves routine. And you might think at first, okay, this could never work. And if there's one couple where they're really rigid and they're kind of more focused on getting their needs met and kind of feeling threatened by the other person and not having that kind of flexibility or emotional maturity or care there, that's where it starts to become a problem. So if, you know, the person who wants to go on an adventure is like, come on, let's do this, let's do that, and gets really angry and annoyed at the other person if they, you know, want to have an afternoon where they sit at home and have a cup of tea or do something more slow and vice versa. Maybe the other person who, you know, kind of starts to point the finger and say, there's something wrong with you because you always need to go out. Like, why can't you just relax? And suddenly we make it that it's, you know, the person's bad or it's a wrong thing that there's a difference rather than that's just humans. (laughs) We have variation just as much as, you know, on one day, you know, you might be really thirsty and need like three cups of water, whereas someone else might not be that thirsty at that time and just need a sip. It's okay to have those differences. Um, You know, you have your different kind of things that you've done the day, your different life histories, your different nervous systems, um, so many kind of things that led you to find what you enjoy in life. And everyone will have little variations there. So one of the key things is being able to Acknowledge your values and your needs and that they're important and also acknowledge that the other persons are equally as important and figure out how you can have either some shared needs met and how you can support each other for your individual needs. So, for example, um, that if two people were homebody versus someone who loves adventure, what they might do is they might meet in the middle ground sometimes So sometimes you might plan ahead on the weekend to do something a bit more active, you know, I don't know, go for a bushwalk or a weekend away to help fulfill the need of adventure for uh, one of them. And maybe on that trip, they not only do kind of really active exploring, but they also have some times where they sit and have scones and tea (laughs) on a balcony in the sun um, and have some downtime like the other person enjoys. And you might find actually that you can start to enjoy some of the other person's activities when you bring a bit in. But maybe if you're doing that all the time, both people will feel like they're not quite getting what they need because one person just really wants to chill out the whole weekend and the other person really wants to just get out there and pack as much in as possible. And that's where you can help each other get your needs met um, in different ways. So it might be supporting the other person to go out with friends um, and or hobby groups or things like that to get that need back. And and when their need is met, they'll come back and they'll be so much happier and your relationship will be really, really good for it. So it's instead of, you know, saying that it's wrong of you to need that, you should just never want it. It's rather like, how can you get that met? I might not meet it all the time. So how can I support you to get it met somewhere else? It can be also helpful to share the backstory to why it's important for you. Because the more we have understanding and empathy, the more that we can care about, you know, that other person getting that need met and the more we can support them. Um, If one person was like, you know, for example, I really like to be active in the mornings and I find it really hard to have 
um, you know, especially on a weekend, like a really slow start or kind of sitting for lots of the day, you know, even if it's fun things like going out for kind of a long lunch or drives or things like that, I get a little bit antsy (laughs) because I really need to get moving. And if I just say, oh, I just need to, you know, not be sitting or need to go for a run, someone might not fully understand. But if I said, my job involves a lot of sitting, I work five days a week, um, and I notice that I have a lot of stress relief and, you know, joy and endorphins when I do a bit of exercise, and it actually makes me feel more energetic and kind of in a really calm mood for the rest of the day, Um, and I find I can actually enjoy the sitting tasks way more if I've done something in the morning. Um, and morning is just my peak time where I have most energy. So that's when I want to do it rather than the evening, whereas someone else might be the evening. Um, and if I share some of that backstory, someone might really understand that, okay, it's really important for the need to go out for a run. It's not that she doesn't care or doesn't want to hang out with me. Um, or that she's just like obsessive about running, like there's meaning behind it. So if you can share a bit of your backstory, a bit of the meaning, why it's important to you, to the other person, that can be really helpful. And also being curious about the other person, you know, instead of saying like, oh, what's wrong with you for wanting or doing it that way, rather being curious, like, oh, what do you get out of it? How long have you been doing it like that for, you know, um, really ask some follow-up questions. And it can be helpful to plan ahead if you're with someone. So if you know, okay, we're going on a trip together or we've got a weekend or an evening coming up and I know that there's, I've got an expectation of the way I want it to be. Like maybe um, for my job, I do a lot of talking in the day. So sometimes I want just like a little period of kind of no talking and zoning out when I get home. And that's just like my little recharge of my battery. But if someone, if you're going to meet someone, say you've been on a date and maybe they work from home and they don't do much talking at all, they're just interacting on the computer, they might be really craving that social interaction. So if you kind of notice that starts to be a bit of a pattern and then, you know, one person's feeling exhausted from the chatting, the other person's like, oh my God, why don't you want to talk to me? (laughs) You can plan ahead and think, okay, I notice when I come home that this happens, how about... Um, you know, maybe I'm going to go to a yoga class before I come home, or maybe I'm just going to take an hour to chill, you know, whatever helps you chill, whether it's cooking or just relaxing, watching TV. Um, and maybe we can then chat a bit more, or maybe I know I've got a really big work day. How about we hang out kind of the next day? Um, so you can, don't forget, feel like you need to have all the answers. You can share the dilemma with the other person you're dating, but maybe just, you know, even name the pattern. I've noticed I've got this need. I've noticed yours is a bit different. How can we kind of figure it out so we can both feel like we get a really awesome night? Another thing you want to look out for is it's okay to have differences um, very normal and actually can be really healthy to have differences in relationships and with someone you're dating. And sometimes that can really help you complement each other. You get to see a different way of living in the world. And sometimes, you know, someone's maybe 
highly perfectionistic and task oriented, sometimes it's actually helpful to have someone who slows down and helps them learn how to kind of relax and, um, you know, not need to achieve something always. And maybe vice versa, the other person gets a bit of motivation or energy or can see what you can get done in a day, you know, when you put your mind to it. So you can actually see how sometimes, you know, one person can be like an anchor, anchoring a ship down. The other person can be, you know, a steering wheel or the engine helping the ship keep going. Like you both are vital parts of that ship and it's just about, you know, coming together, looking at the map and helping steer it together rather than one person's trying to anchor while the other person's trying to put the foot on the accelerator. That's going to cause issues when you haven't kind of agreed, okay, let's actually consciously anchor here and speed up and at this certain speed here. You do, however, want to make sure that you have some shared values together and some really kind of core ones. So it's okay to have differences, but if you notice maybe there's some really big ones, like someone definitely wants kids, someone definitely doesn't, that's going to be a really hard kind of big value to navigate. Um, And that might be a deal breaker. If one person really enjoys the mornings and one person really enjoys the evenings, that can work, but it really depends on, you know, I guess the extremity in the lifestyles and whether you can still get quality time together and whether other parts of your life are shared. So if one person, you know, works in a bar or does night shift and just wants to be 100% in the night and the other person does a day shift and you really don't have any time to even see each other and there's no person wants to budge, that could be a deal breaker. So you want to look at, is there a difference? How do we help each other get the need met? Do we have some shared values together, some shared things that we have in common where we can get quality time and enjoy it? And then can we help each other meet our needs, you know, a little bit together and a little bit, how can we just support the other person, get it elsewhere? Okay, everyone, I hope that was helpful to rethink how to embrace differences rather than just completely rule them out. And I hope you have a lovely day or night wherever you are.